You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bigger Than Beer. I am your host, Levi Wyatt. We're so excited to have yet another educational, uh, informational-packed episode for you all, uh, talking about sustainability both in and outside of the beer industry, uh, filtering all the way down to the agricultural communities where Yakima Chief falls into play. Um, As many of you know, uh, this Bigger Than Beer platform is allowing us an opportunity to just kind of talk about deeper topics uh, that relate to both the hop and craft beer industry. Uh, Our mission here is to create a positive change, explore solutions, and highlight those who are actively making a difference. Um, As many of you know who have been listening in the past, we've been focusing on sustainability. um, And and, and the goal here is really to promote, advocate, and educate on how all of us as a collective um, can protect not only the planet, but step up as sustainable leaders and do something that we like to call creating something bigger than beer. So very excited to have everybody on today. Um, I'm welcoming Andrew Dagenen from Wicked Weed Brewing Company. He is the Director of Safety and Sustainability at Wicked Weed Brewing Company. They're based out of Asheville, North Carolina. With that, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Really excited to have you on today. So um, our, our theme today is kind of be talking about kind of pathways to zero waste. But as many of you know, I tend to like go all over the place. So we're, we're open to everything, but uh, that's kind of the underlying theme today. So um, Andrew and I have, have been in, in contact for what, three months now? We met each other at, uh, the Master Brewers Association back in August. Was that right? Was that back in August? Yep. Yep. A couple months now. Time is flying, man. Um, so yeah, we're, <laughs> <Flies by. laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and when I was down there or excuse me, over there in Providence, I was, uh, I had the opportunity to sit in on one of your talks and, being just like a fly on the wall in that room, I was like, I need to talk to this guy and like just kind of get to know him a little bit better. Um, not only his personal values, but the the values he holds for Wicked Weed Brewing Company are just, I I was very interested in getting to know you and, and, and filtering down and like figuring out like why you're doing what you're doing and, and just, you know, chatting it out. Because uh, it's people like this that uh, are driving a lot of change and positive change in the industry. So it was just nice to connect. So I appreciate you uh, jumping on today and making it full circle, right? So yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Sweet. Um, I usually like to kind of start things off by just kind of introducing our guest. Um, so Andrew, could you tell us a little bit about maybe your role at Wicked Weed Brewing Company? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, thanks very much for for having me on here. Glad to glad to be a part of it, uh, and look forward to look forward to all the, all the discussions today. Um, so yeah, so my role currently, uh, my my title is director of safety and sustainability. So do both occupational health and safety and the sustainability side, which we'll be talking about today. Um, mostly focused on the environmental side, but uh, as we'll go through and we'll talk about sort of what sustainability means to us as a company, we're really trying to trying to branch out that definition and, and define what that is for us. So so my role is to help help integrate that into the company. Um, but also, of course, I mentioned the, the occupational health and safety side, which I consider part of sustainability is, you know, creating a, a workplace where people can go home safe to their families and and really create a sustainable society as well. So, um, so yeah, um, like I said, <laughs> Glad to be here. I've been I've been doing this in the brewing industry for a little while, and uh, and it's great to see you know podcasts like this branching out a little bit and going into 
you know, the purpose of what we're doing and also sort of the different side of it being, you know, sustainable operations and things like zero waste that we'll talk about today. So uh, looking forward to getting into it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's quite the rap sheet and like blending both like occupational health and safety and sustainability is uh, something that we try to strive to do here at Yakima Chief, you know, with our own environmental management systems and, and just kind of blending in safety as the overlying, like why we're doing what we're doing. Like, uh, I think it's very important. I'm glad you brought that up because at the end of the day, we want everybody to go home, right? Like in one piece yeah. and as safe as they can. So, um, sure. you talked about like your background, you've been doing this for a while. Like what made, uh, like sustainability for you, uh, so exciting for, uh, to pursue as a career pathway. Yeah. Um, I think my background, um, you really kind of going back to, to college, uh, I, I went to school for environmental health sciences and, and was more focused on, you know, things like, uh, environmental soil science and water quality and, and air quality and things like that. And, um, coming out of school, you know, I knew that that's what I wanted to do in, in some way. Um, and actually, uh, came out of school and, and lived up near you all, which I think we've talked about. I lived in the Tri-Cities for a little while working yeah. at the, uh, the Hanford side there, uh, which was an interesting place for, uh, for 21 year old going to a large radioactive waste cleanup site. So totally. um, that's kind of where I got into more of the health and safety. You know, my role there is it was more on the waste side and things like that, which, uh, which again, we'll be talking about today, but uh, kind of came out of that, went into consulting and did some of that. And then uh, as I was consulting, went to some master brewers meetings um, in, the, in the Pacific Northwest there, the, uh, the, the Pacific Northwest chapter when I was living in Oregon and quickly realized, wow, the brewing industry, um, you know, there's there's some some safety concerns, some environmental concerns, and this is something that you know something that I want to do. And um, so I worked for a couple of different breweries at CBA there in Portland for a while, and then uh, and then uh, was over at Breckenridge Brewery in Colorado, and then now we could weed for just over three years. And you know, I think that the sustainability side, what 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 draws me to that is really just kind of looking towards the future and trying to be you know positive about that because there's a lot of do you negative negative. Uh, news out there there's a lot of things going on that, that is not very positive and unfortunately we, we have a lot of work ahead of us in sustainability and you know things like climate change and you know there's there's a lot to be done and and uh, how do we tackle all of that at once um and i don't know i don't know the answer to that obviously but you know that's what that's what excites me is kind of looking towards the future and you know uh we were talking before we got started here about you know my, my kids and you know thinking about their future and, and what can i do to to help them um, have a, uh, you know, inhabitable planet and, and somewhere where they want to live and, and that sort of thing. And, and how do we do that through a brewery, right? Because we do have a lot of negative environmental impacts, you know, let's be honest about it, you know, beer, brewing beer and shipping and packaging and all those such sorts of things are, are not the best things for the environment. But some of the things we can do is bring people together and have a discussion about this and, and hopefully make some real change. So all that, all that to me, Long winded way of saying is uh, is really excited to me, and and uh, that's that's th those are a lot of things that drew me to uh, towards it. That, that's awesome. I think it definitely puts into perspective when you bring like uh, new life, just family in general, right, into the fold. Whether it be your immediate family or just community partners as well, just your world gets a little bit bigger and it, it gets more meaningful. So um, I'm known around the office as like the friendly optimist, uh, and it's kind of ingrained in our in our in our roles, right? So we have to kind of you know identify what those negative things are that we're doing from an operational standpoint, but, uh, kind of wear that hat of let's, uh, let's make the best out of this. Right. So, um, it's nice to, to, to think that everything is just sunshine and rainbows, but identifying what those issue are, issues are and, um, and, and making some solutions or strategies to, 
to overcome that is is definitely part of the sustainability space, right? Um, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And one thing, like you know, it's I, I appreciate you going into your background because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, how does somebody get into this space?" You talked about like just um, you know evolving your career over uh, the last let's just call it, you look young. So a couple years, right? So, uh, <laughs> a little longer than that, but that's okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Um, could you provide any, like just, uh, words of encouragement or, or, or maybe just those people interested in getting into this space, what to, uh, what to look for or what to get into? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, sustainability in general is, is, is very broad, you know, that you could be, you could be someone who really wants to focus on the environmental side and, you know, climate change and zero waste and water quality and whatever else there might be. Um, or maybe you want to do more of people side and things like, you know, DEI and um, community or, you know, again, things like health and safety, which I kind of consider part of sustainability. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, that you could do or do you want to you know, try to do all of them and make more of a corporate type strategy, that sort of thing. So I think the first thing I would say is, you know, is there something that you're, you know, this, this, you know, someone trying to get into the space? Is there something that, you know, that person is is more more passionate about, or uh, or more looking for kind of a, a more well-rounded approach to it? Um, and then outside of that, once to kind of make that decision is, you know, the, the good thing now I think is there there are so many resources out there for sustainability. You know, things like, you know, not just school and colleges and things like that, which there are a ton of opportunities there with you know, not even full degree programs, but certificates and online programs and in-person programs and hybrid. And like, there's all these options out there, which are fantastic. Um, and again, all those have some different, some different uh, focuses and things like that. So once you kind of make that decision, that help you, help you, do, help you um, make that next decision, I guess. Um, but really, I mean, there's, there's so many resources out there, too many to name right now. But I mean, just even in the brewing industry, you know, the Brewers Association has all kinds of things available on on their website through um through what they've been doing with manuals and things like that um again more focused on the environmental side but now they're more into dei and other things and, and again community and culture and, and bringing people together so um yeah i, I would say it, it's it's hard to say exactly what to do to get into it um because there are so many options now and and really just kind of scanning the internet as as way i've learned so many things you know i have for example uh, you know, Google Digest, where you can get an email each day of things that you care about. And so I get an email in the morning, and it's kind of like, hey, here's what's happened in the news or new, new articles or new research or studies or, you know, whatever it might be. And in most days, it's overwhelming. I can read, you know, one out of the 15 that I get. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, so I would say just get out there and talk to people and learn as much as possible. Um, and also, and I, I would say just one more thing is get involved in your community. Um, you know, if there's a local nonprofits or, you know, there's even, you know, small things like, you know, cleanups, environmental cleanups you can go help out with or restoration events or plantings or your community garden needs some help. Um, you know, something we've done as a company is, you know, trying to get to more events, obviously COVID and things like that. It's been difficult the past few years. Um, but even personally, you know, other ways you can get yourself or your family involved is, is a great way to, to learn, but also just get connected with the people who can help you help you grow in that space. No, that's all that was jammed, right? Like there's a lot a lot of information there, but no, that's all amazing. And I think a lot of people can take that uh to heart, you know. Um there's never carbon copies of how you get into a role or like just looking at different pathways. Uh I think of it kind of like a spider web in a way. You know, there's just a lot of crisscrosses and like you mentioned, 
just looking at the internet, you know, I, I've, I've personally learned so much about like just navigating the space of corporate social responsibility just by Google searching myself, um, subscribing to newsletters and, and you name it. Um, I think self-education goes a long way um, and just finding um, something you're passionate about. And, and it's, I think we're pretty lucky. I, I, I'll speak for both of us maybe, but uh, roles like this where you can kind of blend some personal um, interest into the workspace is, uh, has been a lot of fun. So would encourage people to, to do and, and, and lean into some of those things that Andrew did. And uh, if you ever have any questions for sure, um, reach out and we'll, we'll provide uh, contacts for sure. But one of the missions here at uh, Bigger Than Beer is not only just talk about things that um, are kind of material to, to the world, but uh, just educating and, and, and providing some advocacy for, for people that are interested in getting into this kind of space. So thanks for answering that, Andrew. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we're talking about brewing, we're talking about hops, we're talking about agriculture. Um, so obviously trying to draw a connection here between sustainability and the brewing space. Um, you know, in, in my experience, if you can do this correctly, there's also some, some financial gains, but there's also a myriad of like other non-financial gains to not only the business, but, uh, you know, driving culture and all these other things. Right. So, um, could you kind of walk us through some, maybe some real world examples of, you know, blending sustainability practices into, into brewing and, and, and how you've seen that take place over the years? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the, the easiest ways to draw a connection between the two is, and because it's sort of, it's tangible, but also, um, it's, incredibly important to the product that we make beer, uh, is water, you know, the water savings, uh, not just, and I shouldn't say just water savings, but also just in general water, water stewardship, you know, what's coming in, but also what's going out of the, 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 the brewery. Um, and, and, you know, a couple of quick examples of that would be, you know, kind of tying sustainability to, to some of the things that, that we've done are, you know, you can re really relate a lot, especially the water savings to operational efficiencies and, you know, our brewers are incredible and, you know, I definitely don't take all the credit for what we've done over the past few years for saving water. Um, you know, I think, you know, it helped with me bringing it up and talking about it from a sustainability perspective, but, you know, they ran with it from a operational efficiency perspective and then also saving money. Right. So it's, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of benefits that come out of it, not just reducing water usage and things like that. So, um, that's been really kind of fun to see to get our, our, you know, again, there's other teams involved, our packaging team, warehouse, like really everybody, but just talking to the, to the brewing side of it is um, just how, how quickly they, they, um, how quickly they, they started to find things that they could change. You know, just one example is how we transfer work from our brewing, uh, you know, the, the kettle or um, I guess the whirlpool really from our from our brewing system to our fermentation tanks um, our brewers started looking at that. It was two years ago and took a project on themselves. It completely changed that project to save a couple hundred thousand gallons of water per year. Wow. And it wasn't <laughs> like we had to change the beer. We didn't have to change. We had to buy new equipment. We didn't have to um, use some new crazy enzyme or a new process or really anything. It was literally just looking at um, looking at what we were doing and saying, hey, we can do this a little bit better. And also, hey, we're going to save a ton of water out of this. So I think that was one of our first, I just use that as an example, uh, because it was one of our first really big wins where it was kind of eye-opening to everyone else. And it was, hey, that didn't cost us any money. It wasn't that difficult. We just had to really dive in and look at our process, and we made this huge change. And now we're, we're going to do that forever. Um, and so 
that was cool to kind of take that from just operational and, and really getting the, the brewing team involved to, hey, this is also part of our sustainability program, and, and this is how we can work together on these things. Yeah, it adds up, right? A couple hundred thousand, yeah. right? Like, yeah, and, and, you know, water for us for sure is very important, and, and, and we need it uh, to grow our crop so that you can do uh, what you will with it at the brew house. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to see that take shape downstream um you know when we look at uh kind of the life cycle or, or, or value cycle of yakima chief hops we're just an ingredient in beer but we're also um, very influential at the start right so taking that ingredient and just carrying it downstream so it's it's cool to hear things that are being proactive at the brew house um to continue that so hopefully we can up our game to kind of um kind of amplify that voice and carry that message further downstream and then hopefully those people enjoying the beer uh can can in some way shape or form enjoy that uh with a guilt-free conscience that's kind of like the big goal right um uh but yeah yeah no that's great to hear um and for you know sustainability is such a it can be a buzzword right like there's a lot of like you mentioned it can touch on so many different things in the in the um the brew house, right. From occupational health and safety all the way to like diversity, equity, inclusion, which I think is amazing. And it's cool to see it take off. So, so broadly. Um, but like for, for, for wicked weed brewing company, what do you think that, uh, your view of sustainability is? Our view of sustainability is just to be fully transparent, um, is really kind of, um, coming into focus this year, you know, 2022 has been a big year for for planning for us. Um, this is our our tenth year in business, um, which is which is great. And yeah, so it's kind of um, ah, think yeah, thanks. I mean, I've been in for three years, uh, and it's it's an awesome place to be. And and you know, our founders and and directors and all of the people who've been involved in making this company um, really gave us a great a starting point for for sustainability. You know, always had a uh, focus for giving back to the community and being involved in the community and, and uh, reducing environmental impact and things like that. So it's made my job easier for sure. Uh, and so and so now as we sort of you know look back, but also also look forward to the to the next ten years and beyond. You know, we've really taken this whole year to say and try to define what does sustainability mean to us and how we gonna how is that going to play into our our long term long term vision and long term purpose for for the company. So, um, you know, we we uh, released our first impact report um, this year, looking back for uh, at 2021, um, and we have defined um, our th- our sustainability program under three pillars. So that's people, um, that's the environment, and then that's arts and culture, which is which is very community focused and, and giving back to the community and again being involved in the community. Um, and so we're really excited. We've been spending the whole year kind of creating this strategy. Um, we haven't fully released all of it, so so more to come. Uh, but you know, we're Teaser. taking that and creating, uh, creating. You know, we did our materi- materiality assessment this year. We're looking at setting our priorities and and really what is material important to us as, as a business and our company and our employees, but also our external stakeholders and again the community and NGOs and regulators and whoever else uh, might be an external stakeholder. So. You know, for us, we're really trying to take this 360 approach that, again, it's not just the environment, uh, but it is all these other things that that kind of go into building a sustainable company, but also um, sustainable society and community in general. And and how do we how do we fit into that as a brewery? Like, what does what does that really look like? You know, we know that we provide 
uh, beer and beverages. And, you know, we make wine and cider as well. Uh, we have restaurants. We bring people together. You know, we do a lot of these things where we can kind of help create something more than just saying, hey, we make beer. You know, we, we want to have a real purpose behind that. So that's really been our focus for this year, 2022, when it comes to sustainability. So here we are in October and uh, we're looking forward to releasing that really soon. But, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be we'll be um, trying to create a long term strategy that is going to last um, again 10 years and beyond uh, to keep us keep us going and keep us focused on on what we believe sustainability means to us. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it, and you kind of talked about initially just stepping into the role, having backing and like buy-in from top level management and just the company in general. I think that goes a long way, right? So for those people that are kind of stepping into the space that have uh, the ambition or gumption to kind of like do something very similar to that, setting strategies and goals, um, that buy-in helps a lot, right? Um, it's like a fish swimming downstream as opposed to upstream is kind of what I would like to consider that that as but uh no that, that that's amazing we're looking forward I, I read through your report for 2021 it looks awesome man uh I can uh, congratulate you guys for doing that it's a lot of work um, um and I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about it but you know identifying three pillars is is extremely important it's a lot of hard work and taking all those um so for those people that maybe don't know what a materiality assessment is, but it's it's really looking at the the broader stroke of your whole organization and kind of fine tuning what makes sense. What are you passionate about? What are some risks involved with maybe not seeking these things out? And then what are the impacts um, that those individuals things have on your business, on your community? Um, so it, it's a lot of work. So that's again, those are you skimmed over them. I just want to step back and just kind of like cue the applause for the work that you've been doing. Uh, that's a lot of work and uh, I find that very admirable uh, for what you've been doing there. So uh, you and your team, right? That. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, and, and a lot more to come. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited about it. Awesome. Um, what I also find is, you know, you, you talked about making beers, wines, you have restaurants, right? So like not only are you focused at the, at the brew house, but you also have uh, some of those, sustainability practices kind of embedded in the tap room, like uh, forward facing to, to, to customers in that regard, but also at the restaurant level. Could you kind of talk about some of uh, like taking some of those sustainable sustainability practices uh, and implementing them into the restaurant side of the house? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would, I'll, I'll start off with, again, just trying to be fully transparent that, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do in, in that space. And so what we've, what we try to do, Sort of starting out this year as, as again as we create this this strategy um, is a few different things is look at what we're already doing um, you know in our in our restaurants you know again I'm, I'm not taking any credit here the team there is incredible uh, with using things like you know like everyone does but uses local ingredients but using them in a, in a great way and also um, you know giving back to the farmers and and where we where we get those things from and. You know, I just quick story on that is, you know, we just opened up uh, one of our other restaurants called Cultura, open reopened, I should say, just a few weeks ago. And uh, and and our chef was kind of came out and gave a, a talk about one of the, the meals that he prepared. And I think he knew there was something like five or six different farms are involved in this one dish. And he named all of them. And and I just kind of looked around like this is incredible. Like, you know, we don't need a strategy for this. Like we're just already doing some of this stuff and, and they're already doing it. So. You know, I think that's one way that, um, again, that's just kind of part of the company culture, which makes my job a lot easier because, you know, they're already doing it and they're doing an amazing job at it. So I would say that's definitely one way. Um, and then we also have looked at, you know, things like 
Um, the Green Restaurant Association, we have we have a tap room at our production facility, which we got certified this year for uh, it was one of our, our first uh, pub facilities or restaurants that got they got the certification. And we learned a lot through that. And so you know, we want to look towards the uh, towards things like that for the future and and following some guidelines instead of just kind of picking and choosing what we think might be best for for the restaurants. And, you know, as we purchase new equipment, uh, looking ensuring that it's Energy Star uh, or, or at least is more more efficient uh, equipment. Um, as, as we make those purchases um, on the waste side, we, we put a lot of work into if we have any disposables, which most of our restaurants is reusables and things like that. But, you know, for instance, our, our tap room, it's a food truck set up. And so any kind of disposable, every disposal we have there now um, is is compostable. And we send that to, uh, you know, a local facility that, you know, turns that back into soil. Right. So that took some work because we were using a lot of non-compostables and plastics and things like that. So we, you know, it took a little while to figure out what would work, how we can source those, because you know how it is with supply chains and everything else, ensuring it's cost efficient, um, but ultimately made it work. And so now we have, you know, compostables, we have waste bins for our our consumers um, where they can put recycle and compost and trash and things like that. And then the last part of that too, and, and the last part of that that specifically is, you know, something we're looking towards for the future. But again, I'm going to keep being transparent. We're not there yet, but I think it, I think it could be interesting that I've seen some other breweries do really well. And I think it's really exciting is is how do we look at not just you know the waste that we're creating, but also consumers are coming in. And so creating things like community drop offs, you know, we have the benefit of having a plastic baler and we can take things like plastic bags and we can bail those up and send it to recycle instead of just either putting in recycling and that likely not being recycled or putting the trash, obviously. Um, collecting things like right now we have corks in our in our sour beer bottles, and so we collect corks, and anybody can bring in some. Uh, we have clothing and shoe drop-offs. Um, you know, a lot of these things we're trying to get uh, again, trying to try to get others involved instead of just looking at ourselves and saying like, great, we have compostable materials, but come in, like come see us, and also bring us your recycled materials that you can't recycle at home or you can't drop off at curbside and things like that. So. That's also in progress, but we have a little bit of that set up right now, and uh, and we have a lot of plans to expand that. So I think that could be could be really fun to get the public involved in that and and saying we're going to go above and beyond and like, hey, community, bring stuff to us. You can't recycle it at home. Cool, bring it to us, and we'll, we'll figure out a way to make it work for you. Well, wow, that's awesome. I mean, that's wait a great way to step up for your community, right? Like, um, yeah, I mean, we generate a lot of bales right like at, at yakima chief hops there's a lot of we've brought in you know 40 million pounds of hops and that requires uh, a lot of material and so for the longest time i think par- prior to my arrival to the company they were like all right we've got all this material what can we do with it and so it, it takes takes a village right like not just one person saying hey we're gonna do this but like you gotta vet vet out options right like you mentioned like whether it be compostable um um like disposables, like sometimes they're hard to source. You don't know like where you can take them. And same thing with the, the, the bags for our, for us on our um, side of the house. So it, it, we've, we found, we've since found an outlet and it's, it took a lot of people and a lot of vetting to, to figure out how to, how to find that stuff. Um, but those are great ideas and great ways to get community involvement as well as drive the culture within your organization to say, Hey, um, you, you as an employee come in and bring your, your, uh, you know, recycle bin, um, materials into our, our brew house and we'll get rid of them for you. Having a program in place. That's awesome. Um, 
you know, investing in sustainability kind of like it does take some finances involved. It takes some persuasion, uh, in terms of how it's going to provide a benefit to the, to the organization. Um, how, how, how important is like, you know, investing in, uh, sustainability or sustainable practices or equipment? Uh, how important is that for, for wicked weed brewing? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, certainly important. Um, I think that, again you know this is 2022 is definitely a year of, of planning and strategy and things like that that for us so you know we've been looking at um you, we talked about a materiality assessment earlier and that's been really important for us to to understand what do we want to invest in like what what is actually important for us because you know if we didn't have that we didn't have those things in place we didn't have our priorities set up and the strategy and things like that i feel like it would be I feel like we would just be picking kind of things off the cuff or, you know, Hey, here's this new cool product. Let's go pick that. Or let's go try this or whatever it might be. So, um, so we've kind of had to slow down a little bit, just to be quite honest with you and just say, okay, well, let's just take some time and, and understand what really is important to us instead of just jumping on everything right away. Um, and so, you know, as we look forward to the future, you know, that's why we're putting that work into it to help us make those decisions and investments, obviously, and think more long term and not just think, you know, what are we going to buy this year, but what are we going to buy in the next three to five to, you know, maybe even 10 years? I don't know. But how do we make those longer term decisions to to really be a sustainable brewery and in, 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 in our definition of what sustainable means for us? So, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, obviously, it's it's very important. Um, but, you know, I think that you have to have those things in place to to help you make those decisions. Um based off of what, what is important to your business and also your, your stakeholders, whether that be local or, or, you know, your employees or, or whoever it might be. Oh, for sure. Um, and it's very collaborative, right? So like in, in creating the materiality assessment, you had probably a lot of people involved in trying to generate some of these things and, you know, bouncing ideas off of it. Um, I think the brewing industry in general, as we all kind of can attest to is, is pretty collaborative space. You know, the idea of just kind of sharing a beer at the end of the day with people, is communal community in its own right. Um, but as far as like building culture and like within wicked weed, uh, brewing company, um, it sounds like it's been, it's been there and it's growing and it's, you know, you have plans of, uh, implementing new things in the next coming months and next year. Um, obviously, you know, full disclosure, you said, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. I would say the same thing for us at Yakima chief hops. I wish everything was perfect, but it's, uh, it takes some time. Right. Um, could you talk about some of this collaborative space? I know when you and I kind of chatted back in Providence, we talked about the green team and, 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 and maybe just kind of talk about how that came to be and, and, and what kind of things you guys accomplished and set out to do in that kind of space. Yeah, absolutely. So our, um, our sustainability team, um, one of our brewers pretty early on, we, you know, we said that we said we, we needed a team name. And so we named ourselves the green freaks, uh, which is a play <laughs> off of, um, our double IPA freaking nature. Uh, and so, yeah, he came up with that. And I was like, absolutely. That's the name of the group that we're going with it. That's awesome. Um, and it's worked out well. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that team, uh, got started, um, about, uh, almost three years ago, we kind of took a, a little bit of a, a pause, at least for, in, you know, in-person meetings and things like that, obviously due to COVID, like everybody else did. Um, but, uh, some of the things that, that we've really learned by having that team is, you know, is one is obviously, you know, I can't do it all by myself and neither can anyone else. And so it's been really imperative to have a team, a team of people from different areas of, uh, of the company. Um, and, you know, we really did, we really set out at the very beginning to, um, 
one of my ideas for the team was really just how do we how do we get going and how do we get people excited about this you know without even looking at any kind of metrics or data or kpis or you know talking about exact numbers or anything like that like how do we how do we at least just start talking about about this is build some grassroots some kind of grassroots um uh, excitement and some efforts over it um and so the team you know we, we one of our first meetings we came together and just said like you know why are you on this team what do you want to do what are your ideas and i think the the first two or three meetings were literally just brainstorming like i don't care what it costs what it is whatever what have you seen what do you want to do and that was exciting to see and then and then it, we went from from that to cool all right so now we, what do we really want to focus on so our first year as the team is we focus on you know water and and waste uh we knew those are two things we needed we needed help and we knew we couldn't do everything all at once of course we love to focus on everything but uh, we really spent a whole year just water just waste um and so with those you know our first year uh doing that we reduced our water usage by 12 percent uh barrel of water's beer barrel of water beer excuse me barrel of water used for barrel of beer package um and uh, we increased our waste diversion uh percentage by 16 percent. so wow. that was really cool to see that again you know that's that's not all me at all it's it was an absolutely team effort there's even people outside of the team but it took that team to say all right let's go look at our water let's go look at what we're doing in the brew house or what our you know our, our cips are doing or what how much chemical we're using uh, let's look at the the packaging line. You know, are we are we rinsing our cans for too long, or do we even need, need to rinse our cans in, in the way that we were? Um, and so that was really cool to see the first year of the team getting real results like that. Um, and and now you know the next year uh, we focus on energy, so mostly on um, on uh, electricity and, and natural gas. Uh, those are kind of the two main focuses um, for for this year specifically. Um, and so now we have some, again, some some movement on that, right? We brought some people in. We needed outside help with some of those things. And so we found some local uh, local group here called Waste Reduction Partners, which uh, was able to give us some free energy audits and looked at our, our steam system and our steam generator and things like that and our lighting systems and, and really just everything in, in the brewery. So um, again, kind of the same thing. It, it wasn't it wasn't all me at all. It was the whole team getting involved in it, caring about it, being on the team for a reason. Um, and uh, and helping us get real results that that kind of builds that excitement uh, because I feel like the first year if we would have said like oh you know we use five percent more water I'm like well, what are you guys doing in there like what, what kind of meeting what kind of meeting you're running so it was uh, it was really cool to get those results you know somewhat quickly over the first year uh, to uh, to co- continue to build and also but continue the the momentum yeah that's that's awesome to have direct results and like have them be in the uh in the black or in the positive, right, uh, is a good thing to have coming out of those meetings. I think if you would have been using more water, I think uh, they they probably would have thought you guys were just getting together to drink more beer or something like that, right? Yeah, which we were, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, we also got some things done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I mean, kind of expanding upon that, like, um, how how's it set up? How many people do you have on your group, and like, uh, does it change? And um, just kind of interested to dig dig a little deeper there. Yeah, um, it does change a little bit. We've had sort of like a, a core group of people that, that have been on the team since the beginning. Um, it's changed here and there. Obviously, people have different you know schedules or change different apartments or life in general or whatever it might be. So, of course, it, it has changed a little bit. But our goal with a, with a team like that is to have somebody on there for, for at least a year. Um, and that way, there can be some continuity and can kind of get them, get them trained up on what we're doing, why we're doing it. 
um, and really just kind of get them involved without, you know, changing every few months where you kind of like retraining people and things like that. So uh, my goal is to have somebody on there for at least a year. Um, size of the team, we have a, a core group of about seven or eight, and then we have um, probably six or seven others that sort of, you know, help us out on, on projects when they can or come to meetings when they can or, you know, if I have a question about something in their department or their area, I can, I can say, hey, uh, need some help uh, right away. I need some help on this um, from from you. Um, but I'd say core group. Yeah. Seven or eight or so um, that they're really committed and, and come to come to all the meetings and things like that. And uh, and have been super helpful to get these things done. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's all about scale, too, right? Like starting with something um, like manageable and then kind of like growing it into a larger, larger thing. That's at least internally at, at YCH, you know, I would love to like jump out of the gates and say, Hey, we're going to knock this out of the park. We need everybody come on in. Let's just do this thing and knock it out. But, uh, understanding the real realities of like running a business, starting small and, 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 and honing in on something like, um, that you can do really well and branching out, I think is really important, but yeah, I love the name Green Freaks. I, I, I think that's so awesome. Uh, I think creativity and sustainability should always go together. So that's a prime example right there of just, uh, like playing it forward, you know? So, um, and, and one of like the big, um, like priorities or main priorities, I would say, uh, like just from listening to your talk in Providence, but also just kind of the, the conversation today is just looking at recyclability at Wicked Weed Brewing and seeing how to divert. You talked about like uh, waste diversions and um, why do you think, like, or, or for your perspective, why is recycling at the brewery and you know purchasing items such as uh, compostables um, so important uh, to to Wicked Weed Brewing Company? Um, yeah, I think I think just kind of looking at. Um, waste in general is has is really important but also has been really really interesting i mean i think we've all heard since we were kids you know reduce reuse recycle and you know a lot of times and, and even us you know I'm, I'm guilty with it personally it's kind of like oh well you, you can recycle it right or you can compost it or you know whatever it might be um and so you know we've tried to we're trying to get better right again i'm trying to be transparent because <laughs> we're not the one of the best in the world but you know things like with our cans right we we were um uh, we were, were the first um, the first craft brewery to add on uh, how to recycle labeling onto our cans, and that's that's still a work in progress as we or make new uh, get new orders or update our our graphics and things like that. But you know when we did that, um, the benefit of of using that organization to to add your labels is that you have to actually have to submit what you're using to them, and they have to review it. So it's not just you know hey I'm slapping a label on something. It's you know we are are verifying that it, it doesn't have you know, plastic sleeve on there or, or some type of, you know, weird label that's not recyclable or, you know, our cardboard, we're not using any coatings or any kind of um, liners or you know, whatever it might be that would make it not recyclable. Um, and so that was pretty interesting to see because I feel like when I, you know, we first started talking about recycling la uh, logos on our, on our products, it's kind of like, yeah, just put a label on there. That's, that's really, that's really it. Right. And, you know, going through the process with how to recycle, we quickly learned and it was a good teaching moment for everybody that, hey, we're not only putting our label on here, but we're committing to not having things on there that would make it not recyclable. Um, and I think that's kind of permeated into into other areas. You know, you mentioned um, compostable, uh, you know, disposable items, plates and utensils and things like that. Um, we do use those in certain areas for things like to go food and for, for our, our, uh, our tap room that has a food truck. 
Um, but really, you know, how do we use reusables more and how do we how do we focus on that? And COVID, you know, obviously changed a lot of that. And it also changed kind of pers- perspectives as well. And um, even internally, you know, we used to use, I feel like a lot more just regular metal forks. And now it's kind of like, you know, it's more difficult and, you know, we got to clean them, so, you know, whatever it is. So I feel like we're kind of getting back to where we're using more disposable items. And so that's something that we've talked about um, going forward is is setting some goals, you know, in 2023 and beyond is not just looking at a waste diversion number, because of course you can divert a lot of things from the landfill, but going back to what we learned when we were kids is, you know, what can we reuse? What can we uh, reduce, you know, do we really need all these, all these, you know, um, composables or, or whatever it might be, uh, disposable type items and things like that. Um, and, uh, and so looking at those, those from a waste reduction, uh, perspective as well, uh, which, which can be difficult. So a couple of quick examples of that, you know, coming from, from, come, we're talking about our green freaks team. One example of that, that came from that team, uh, somebody in our warehouse, uh, was, instead of using plastic shrink wrap on our, our local deliveries to our restaurants for our kegs and things like that, why don't we just use ratchet straps? And I was like, okay, well, why don't we just use ratchet straps? It's just going, you know, 10 miles or five miles or something like that. Uh, so we made that change last year and uh, saved hundreds of pounds of, of plastic that, yeah, we could have recycled, but we didn't have to use at all. Um, so try to kind of change a little bit, uh, which is difficult, right? It's, it's not easy because, you know, even with, you know, we, we package beer in cans, which is a disposable product, you know, how do we, how do we look at that from holistically, um, as a brewery and try to make an impact there. So, um, yeah, again, another long winded way of saying is, is, uh, recyclability. There's, there's a lot to it. And, uh, and it's really exciting to get into the, to the reuse factor or the reduce um discussions as well other than just kind of like oh you know we have plastic on our kegs we can recycle it it's like well why do we even need to use in the first place especially for local deliveries let's just cut it out well that's a prime example of just utilizing people to like help make decisions and and also just look for for innovative solutions internally first right like and also uh how to recycle that was the resource that you referenced right yeah Yeah. exactly yeah We'll, we'll drop that in our uh in the chat here. Um, cause I think that's a great resource too, right? Like, um, could you kind of explain a little bit about like what, how to recycle is all about just so our listeners can kind of get an idea. Yeah. Um, I would encourage the listeners to look at, um, an easy way to explain it would be to look at a lot of food packaging because they, the labeling is used a lot on there. And so again, something like, um, it's kind of easier to explain, honestly, with something like a product like cereal, uh, because you have the cardboard box on the outside and you have a plastic bag on the inside. Um, and so the labeling would require a company who has a product like that that's multi um, that or that has multiple um, types of materials to have labeling on the outside package. Um, yeah. So a good way to explain what how to recycle does and what their labeling is uh, an, an easy way to explain it, honestly, is with uh, with a box of cereal, because box of cereal has a cardboard box and then a plastic uh, bag on the inside. So that labeling would require that company who um, who is going to add their labeling to have both materials on the outside packaging. So they have one label that says the cardboard box is widely recyclable. So it'll say, you know, cardboard or paperboard or whatever it might say. And then the inside uh, plastic bag, it'll have a recycling symbol with a, lo- a logo or, or excuse me, a, a line going through it. Uh, that says that's not recyclable, or it might say it's stored drop off or something like that. So um, it it makes you look at your um, look at your, your materials instead of just slapping a label on the can saying yeah this is recyclable. 
well, do you have, again, I was mentioning this earlier, but do you have a plastic wrap on there or some kind of label or something like that that would maybe make it not recyclable? So even if you have that, you know, that's okay, but you can just put that information on there through through that through that labeling uh, to allow the consumer to have the real information about what it is and and what to do with it. No, that's that's great. Like I, um, for us at, at Yakima Chief Hops, right? We have a lot of cardboard. Talked about the bale material, just like from raw material perspective, but uh, kind of a a big thorn in our side, I guess should, we should say, is like the the mylar wrap, right? Compressed um, metallic and plastic and adhesives and. Um, so I guess I asked that question out of curiosity for ourselves to, for something that we could implement. So I, I appreciate you going into that a little bit deeper. Um, ideal, ideally we want to have a hundred percent of our, our packaging again to like kind of alleviate the burden downstream to, to you as brewers to ensure that you have proper disposal. So again, that guilt-free conscious of just using the material and having it go back into some, some form of, uh, another product, I think is like that, the hope and dream. So, and, and a, a big part of this podcast is just educating people. So I, I appreciate you going into detail there. Um, you know, creating the sustainability report you guys just put out or your impact port impact report, excuse me, you had to look at ways to like, um, measure, mitigate, um, and just kind of manage the overall environmental impact, but also kind of talk about some of those positive things uh, as far as like amplifying community impact and, and community engagement. Um, I said earlier, it's a, it's a, it's a process, right? So, um, and it takes time. Uh, what, what were some of the learning experiences or outcomes, uh, of creating such a, a report or just designing strategies around focusing on sustainability at, at Wicked Weed Brewing? Um, yeah, I think that some of the, you know, some of the, the main learnings, I think, as we're especially just talking about our impact report, as we were putting together the first report, um, it was really, it was really interesting because we had to kind of, we had really had to look at ourselves, right? As you're, as you're writing something like that, you know, we, we did not want to come off as, you know, look at us, look how good we're doing. We're the best in the world, you know, we're, we're better than everybody else. And, you know, that, that is not the point of that at all. Um, and creating create, what we wanted to do out of creating the impact report was really two things. One was, um, I guess three, I'm going to say three <laughs> things, actually. One is documenting what we've done and what we plan to do in the future um, to um, really hold it, hold us accountable as well and make that publicly available um, so that we are being transparent about, about who we are as a company. Uh, we also wanted to use that to educate our employees, um, our current employees, but also new hires. So every new hire that comes in uh, gets a copy of our impact report so they can see, um, you know, again, what we've done and, and where we're going and just being fully transparent. Um, and then also three is is really to show our community and our consumers and, and, and really anybody who's interested, uh, again, who we are and like what we want to be as a company. But we really had to it was hard putting that first one together. Yeah. It was really, really difficult. It took a lot of, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, let's, let's put this together and it won't take that much time. And, you know, five months later, it's kind of like, all right, well, I think we have something now and we're, <laughs> we're proud of. And, uh, but it really took a lot of people to talk about it and go over it and, and start to define our pillars. And again, who we are as a company and, and making that, um, making that authentic as well. And again, we, we did not want to be, um, look, we didn't want, want to release it and look like we're doing anything like greenwashing or saying that we're doing something that we're not. And that's also difficult to do, right? You want to pat yourself on the back and say, hey, we're doing all these great things. And then 
Uh, how do you back that up? How do you verify that? What are you actually doing and, and ensure that your employees know what you're doing and they're involved and, and they care and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really fun putting that report together, but it's, it was a lot of work. But now I think now that we have sort of this framework and we're building the strategy where, you know, we really know, um, know a lot more than we did even a year ago about, about who we are and who we want to be. Um, I, I'm really excited about starting again next year and putting, putting our next one together. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, you, you spoke right to what we experienced here at Yakima Chief, you know, like, Hey, we're going to put this together. It'll be ready next month, you know, and, and, and really as you, as you start writing these things, new ideas kind of come into your mind. Um, and just being conscientious of, of how you're disclosing information, I think is really important too. You really touched on that. Um, but I would also say it's also good to like celebrate those wins, right? Cause those wins were, were damn hard to come by, you know? So sometimes they take a little bit of, um, struggle to get there, but you know, um, educating and just promoting the fact that, Hey, we achieved this. This is something we set out to, to do. Um, it's good to celebrate those wins, but then at the same token, you know, it's a, da- a, a delicate dance of saying, Hey, we're, we still have some room for improvement too. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, just being real, yeah. I think. And you touched it, uh, just being conscious of greenwashing. That's something that we're always like conscientious of. And, um, but I think once you create something more genuine and like you've, you've put in the time and it can tell by just speaking to you that there's a lot of effort that went into that and that is conveyed in that report. So for those listening, it definitely would encourage you all to, to take a look at that report. Um, uh, cause I, th- I think it's definitely worth, worth your time. Um, and kind of, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, uh, and I, and I agree. I'll just add one more thing. I agree. It is definitely important to, to celebrate those successes. And, and that's another reason why we really wanted, wanted to get that out to our employees. And again, it's not just about being external, but also holding ourselves accountable to, you know, internally to our own employees and saying, Hey, you all helped us get all this done. And also here's, here's, here are our next steps. Here's what, what we want to do in the future. And, Here's how we're going to keep this going and, and stay stay involved and 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 uh, stay involved and keep this going. Um, and then I would say, you know, I said three, but actually I'm gonna add four. I'm gonna Let's add one, I'm gonna add add one more. Yeah, I have one to get to four. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, because really, another thing that we want to get out of it too is is how do we how do also we talked about collaboration earlier. How do we collaborate and how do we learn from others and and really you know we know that we can't do this ourselves and so. You know, hey, here's what we're doing, but we looked at a bunch of other impact reports from from breweries, but also you know, a lot of companies outside of uh, outside of the brewing industry and, you know, looked at some of our suppliers and, and vendors and things like that. And, um, you know, even like this podcast, you know, you and I met uh, at the Master yeah. Brewers Conference. And, you know, how do we do more things like this to continue educating people? And again, it's not just us trying to pat ourselves on the back, but how do we keep it going and how do other breweries do this as well? And how do we help those breweries do those things? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you said educate through the impact report. And I really like that. I think that's that's a great way of putting it is it's not, it shouldn't be just, again, here's, here's how great we are, but it's how do we, how do we celebrate those wins and how do we also educate at the same time? For sure. No, I, I mean, just leaning into those core values and like really just, Hey, this is what we're all about. Um, being transparent as tough as it is, I think more people are becoming more and more aware of like the benefit of being transparent and wearing like kind of your, um, your company on your sleeve, like showing the world, Hey, this is who we are. Um, in all of our good times and bad times, um, people can relate to that. You can't just tell one side of the story. So I, yeah, I, it, 
it's it takes a village and i think having a lot of people involved is only going to make and expand upon that impact right so whether that's in the industry or not you know there's times where we have uh um, internal like community or excuse me uh, company forums where we have uh, different topics that are addressed, whether it be at the brewing level, community level, um, or just in, internally at, at the employee level. And within some of those talks, we have uh, set aside time for for sustainability or community involvement. And like again, just educating those people within our own four walls, but also having them be the voice within their own communities. Because like you said, Wicked Weed, you have a, a lot of different people in a lot of different locations, and um, that can really be amplified like by kind of taking those messages and, 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 and displaying those in your local community. So it, it gets bigger. It, I know the, I, I talk about this mountain, right? Like, you know, uh, climate change, sustainability, all these things are kind of daunting at first glance. And you're kind of looking at this mountain, like looks like Mount Everest. And you're like, how the hell am I going to get up on top of that thing? Um, but taking those baby steps and just also connecting with people that are also, in alignment with where you're at, um, is, is really important. Um, so I, I mean, kind of leading into my next question here, um, you know, why is it so important for brewers to consider like sustainable practices, uh, in their day-to-day operations? It's a big question. I know <laughs> it is. I was about to ask how much time do we have? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, uh, We've hit on a lot of these. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to repeat myself a little bit throughout this, but, you know, there are so many reasons why why it's important. Um, and I think that, again, I'm just going to keep saying this. I think that that every brewery and every company should should look inwardly first and, and, and try to decide like, why is it important to them? Like, why are they why are they in business? What's their purpose? Um, what is important to their employees? What's important to uh, their communities and their stakeholders and all these things I've been saying throughout this whole yeah. podcast, right? But I, I just I think that's just such a that's an important step to to not forget. And again, you know, having those things in place will will really help to set up a more long term vision and strategy that that's that's that will hopefully last. Um, but you know, kind of getting more um, more granular, I would say, you know, first we talked about water earlier first is, you know, you could, you could, you mentioned sustainable business practices to save money. I mean, you could save a lot of water. You could save, you'd save a, a lot of materials. You can, you can reduce um, a lot of things that, you know, maybe you were, you were thrown away or recycled or whatever there might be. You know, you can look at things from, you know, maybe, um, maybe you want to throw away a can because it's an old graphic or something like that. And you can, repurpose that in some way or you can just keep it going until you run out of it instead of instead of recycling or throwing it away it's going to cost you a lot of money um and so you know i think that it's difficult for a lot of people to talk about when you when you talk about sustainability is is money but you know reducing a lot of things you're doing and having those operational efficiencies can save you money right it, it, it really can so i think that's important to, to not forget um another thing too is is you know looking at what we we do as uh, as a company and as a as as an industry, we we make beer, um, and and some companies make other things too, right? Like again, I mentioned earlier, we make we make wine, uh, we make cider, um, and we ha- we have restaurants and things like that. So you know, if if you really really think about it, you know, how is if if we didn't have some sort of sustainability focus or purpose, you know, what what are we really doing? Are we really making society better or communities better? 
Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, yes, <laughs> I think definitely, you know, we're bringing people together. We're, we're educating through things like this. We're, you know, reducing our impact. We're, um, trying to be involved in the community and, and give back to the community. I mean, one awesome thing that, that, um, that, that we did even during the pandemic that, um, you know, our team, our, our team fortunately got a big donation for to help out with was providing meals um, to those who were in need. And so our restaurants were shut down for a while. Uh, we were providing up to 5,000 meals per week to people in our community. And, you know, that's, that's awesome. I mean, like, again, that just came out of uh, someone's idea. We should, we should use this food instead of throwing it away, instead of composting it or recycling or throwing it, whatever it is. Why don't we reuse this in some way and give back to our community instead of just instead of just tossing it? So, um, yeah, it's a really hard question. That's a big question. Uh, yeah. But I would say a lot of the things we talked about throughout this this in, entire discussion really plays into this question of why is it important? Um, and, uh, you know, it's just it's just being part of 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 who we think we should be in society, in our in our communities is, is giving back and, and doing better um, and, and hopefully continuing um, you know, again, <laughs> I keep coming back to this, but, you know, yeah. have kids, right. And, 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 and providing a, a healthy world for them and, and a happy world and equi equitable world that they can live in. And, and I apply that to my, my, my work life as well. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, you know, that you touch on family, like for me, like, uh, I don't know if I shared this with you, but my wife and I were expecting our first in, uh, just under two months. So we're like, uh, Congrats. thank you very much. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very much looking forward to it. It's getting more and more real as the days go on. Right. Um, and I can already kind of sense that, uh, in how I go about my day to day life. Um, and so I, I think personalizing this, uh, kind of is a self driver, right? So it, it you want, you want to make this world a better place. And I think I, that's very cliche, but it hits home. It hit, it hits home for a lot of people especially our growers, our, our, our brewers alike, even our employees. So just communicating that and having that kind of common undertone to like why we're doing what we're doing um, speaks volumes and kind of goes above and beyond what's written on paper, right? So um, for those brewers that are like listening, um, I know we've talked about a lot of, uh, you know, uh, opportunities, challenges, um, also just successes, right? So um, in the spirit of just providing education to those people listening in that are like at step one, um, looking up at that mountain, like I referred to, um, or the, is there any bits of advice that you would give those people? Um, you know, drink more coffee is probably number one, but, uh, <laughs> any words of encouragement for those people getting in, getting started with a sustainability program? Yeah. I mean, I think it's for somebody who, or a company or person or whoever it is, you know, just starting out with that is I would say, you know, you mentioned it, I like how you put that. It's, you know, it's a big mountain to, to try to climb. There, there's so many things that we can focus on. And um, I think that one of the important things is, is to, as we talked about create strategy and all that, but it's also to, to start small. You mentioned that and don't overwhelm, overwhelm yourself right away. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do um, both, you know, inside the brewery, but also outside um, and try to focus on those 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 first big wins, or at least you know, some some good wins. I should some good easy wins potentially, um, as you as you kind of develop your 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 strategy and things like that, and as you're learning more. Um, and that way, that'll help build momentum. You know, if you go into it trying to tackle 
50 things all at once and it's going to take 10 years to get to 45 of those and mm-hmm. you know people aren't seeing progress and it's not you know they're not excited about it it's going to be difficult to build momentum in your company uh, and also community as well so right so start out where you know when and how or, and where you can uh, get something done just go for it right so you build a strategy get out there save some water or create a zero waste program or get in your community you know get get some things get some things going and build some excitement around there and then also I would say a, a big part of that too is when you're getting started is don't try to do it yourself and also don't try to reinvent the will or recreate the will or whatever you want to call it there's again there's so many resources out there from from other breweries you know if you just look up just go and google you know sustainability brewery or sustainability brewing um, you can find things like impact reports from other breweries. There's a lot of companies doing some amazing things. Uh, you can find websites. Uh, you can learn from things like this, like podcasts, or there's lots of articles out there. Uh, the Brewer Association has a ton of great documents, including their uh, their manuals. So, you know, that's one thing that we did as we focus on water is we, you know, we literally just printed that thing off and went through it and uh, took a bunch of practices out of there and learned a ton from, from things like that. So, you know, don't think you have to come up on this on your own. Give us a call. Talk to yeah. us. Send me an email. Uh, reach out to your local other local breweries or people who are involved in this and um, and really just learn as much as you possibly can so that you can you can kind of get some of those quick wins and and learn what's important to your business as you as you go along with it. Oh, that's awesome. I I I can't stress this enough. I mean, we're talking to Andrew uh, at Wicked Weed Brewing uh, out at Asheville, who's doing him and his team are doing amazing things. Uh, they touched on a lot of resources that uh, you as a brewer can can take into consideration while building your program or just literally starting out, right? So um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're here for you. Like, like Andrew said, um, look us up as a resource. Um, but Andrew, I just, that, I really want to thank you for, for jumping on with us today. I, uh, I can't thank you enough. It's been a lot of fun. I think I, I learned a lot, so I can only imagine... Uh, what others are, are, are going to be able to take away from this. So uh, appreciate your time today. Um, and I'll kind of give you some, uh, some time back to go play with those, those kiddos and uh, enjoy your, your Thursday afternoon in Asheville, North Carolina. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you, uh, for, the, appreciate you for inviting me and uh, getting me on the podcast. And happy to chat again anytime. Awesome. Well, I'm going to leave us at this. Uh, you know, this is all about education, advocating, promoting, just sustainability both in the brew house and outside of the brew house. But our ultimate goal here is uh, to make something bigger than beer. So thank you all, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Cheers. Awesome.